In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Today in the church, September 4th in the church, we actually commemorate the holy prophet Moses, the God-seer. And I love that he has a great title, the God-seer. And I love, too, that in our church, we have a few wonderful icons that really show how Moses is the God-seer. One of my favorite ones is this one that's right up here. On my right, your left, we have Moses at the burning bush. He's kneeling down. The voice is speaking to him from the bush. And he, it's at that moment that he is told that he needs to go to free the people of Israel out of the captivity in Egypt. And later on, if you know the story of Moses, he sees God on the mountain. Actually, he goes and he, he receives the Ten Commandments, and he's able to not see God in his face, but God allows him to see his backside, it says in the Scripture. And perhaps the most important place where we have Moses seeing God is the icon right there in the back, the Feast of the Transfiguration. Because we see Moses, and we, we think all the time that we get to see Moses, but that was a great moment for Moses to actually see Christ, to see God, and to have that title, the God-seer, the one who really knows God in a particular way. Now, to draw your attention back to this icon, I know you noticed that in the burning bush, there's the figure of Mary with Christ. And that's perhaps my favorite part of the icon. We have Mary there in the burning bush to remind us that the same person who spoke to Moses in the burning bush is the same person who took flesh from the virgin. And so it's that same person who we encounter here in the Divine Liturgy, here at the church. And so with Moses being the God-seer and that being one of the images of how he was able to see God, the same can be said of us, that we can be God-seers. We can see and know God in a particular way. But unfortunately... Now, to use an expression I learned last night, we have to feast at the truth table. Meaning that we've really got to look at ourselves and see, be honest with ourselves and see what blinds us. See what keeps us from God. And of course, one of the biggest things that blinds us is what that man in this morning's gospel struggled with, and that is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand. But how many of you have stayed up late at night angry with someone you couldn't sleep? How many of you have been sitting at work angry at someone and you couldn't work? How many of you have sat angry at someone and visualized how great it would be to tell them off the next time you saw them? Now, maybe it's just me. I have a sneaky suspicion that it's probably not just me, but we struggle with forgiveness, and we struggle with forgiveness. One of the big reasons is that we have this false idea of fairness. Everything should be fair. Well, the hard lesson that we learn in this morning's gospel is that it's not fair. If it were fair, that man and his children would have been sold into slavery to pay off that big 10,000-talent debt. Now, 10,000 talents is a sum that he never would have been able to pay back, ever. It's not about fairness. 
We expect leniency for ourselves and justice and fairness for everyone else. It's not about fairness. Now I have in my hand a book which is a phenomenal book. And if you want to know more about this book, it's called The Singing Heart. See David Twombly. He worked on help, helping to edit this book, and this is the one that he had a table out about uh, just a few months ago. So see this book. Well, in this book, there's a great little section about fairness and what real fairness is all about. Because he says if we are all exactly alike, then fairness and forgiveness would be easy because it would be mechanical. It'd be mathematical. This happens, therefore that happens. But he says something very different. He says, in reality, people are not equal. We are unequal from nature and dissimilar in body, soul, or spirit. They are beings born with different sexes. They are naturally various ages with unequal strengths and varying degrees of health. They are given unique abilities and tendencies, unique appetites, gifts, and desires. They are so different from each other, both physically and spiritually, that it is completely impossible to find two identical people in the world. And you all know that to be true. They are spiritually not the same. All of them are of a unique mind, unique kindness, dissimilar tastes, each with his own opinions and his own moral own moral conscience. In a word, they are different in every sense. And fairness requires that people be treated according to their own unique qualities without equating those who are unequal or granting unfounded preference. Now that is exceptionally hard. That is, that's what this forgiveness in the gospel is about, though. We have this man who was forgiven a huge, large sum out of unfairness, and he goes and he doesn't forgive somebody just a little teeny tiny sum. No matter if it were fair or not for him to forgive, because he had had that loving compassion from his master, he should have forgiven. But in order to break through that, it takes a loving heart. He continues and says, the most important thing in life is a living heart a sincere desire for creative fairness. And if this were true, then people would easily come to terms with the inescapable injustices of life and would willingly excuse them with their selflessness. And so the only way to combat that misunderstanding of fairness that we have and that reluctance to forgive is to look at each person that is around us the way God does. God looks at each of us differently. Not saying that he loves us differently, but he looks at us as unique individuals, created in his image and likeness, worthy of forgiveness, worthy of love. And so every single person that we come across, we should look at in the same way, created in the image and likeness of God, worthy of forgiveness, worthy of love, and therefore we respond to actions done against us, not with hatred, but with forgiveness, with sacrifice, with selflessness, just like our Lord did for us. Treating each person uniquely, each person with love, each person with selflessness. When our Lord took the cross, he didn't go and say, I'm only dying for some of you, because that would be fair. 
He said, I'm dying for all of you, that all of us may be saved, that all of us might enter into the kingdom of God. And you know what? It's not fair. And I'm so thankful that it's not fair because I wouldn't make it. So brothers and sisters, may we, unlike the man in this morning's gospel, look at everyone with sacrifice, look at everyone with love and expect to not have fairness, but to have sacrifice. Expect to have forgiveness running through our hearts and to have that living, singing heart that this great author talks about. And when we do that, just like Moses, who saw God in the burning bush, we too will be God-seers. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.